All right, welcome in to another exciting, fantastic episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. Uh, my name is Rick McClatchy. I'm a staff pastor here at the Rocky Butte campus of Manor House in the greater Portland metro area and down in Eugene. Um, I have with me a special uh, guest here today. She's actually been a part of the podcast before, um, so you you already know her. Uh, so Kayla Smith, welcome back in. Thank you. Uh, the microphone loves you, so um, <laughs> this will be great. It's really great to have you. Thanks again just for giving your time and being willing to share your heart. And quite honestly, you know, we're digging into um, to grief. Um, people yeah. that have pushed play on this podcast, they saw the title. They, they know to some extent, you know, what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. So today is uh, not necessarily fun and exciting and easy, but I know that both of us have a burden for what we're talking about today, that, yeah. that what we talk about today would be helpful and life-giving. Um, I've recently just been having this thought about, you know, when you think about funerals and memorial services, I was uh, teaching our pastoral ministries class at PBC, our Portland Bible College. Little shout out to our Bible College. Um, if you want more information, you can go to portlandbiblecollege.org. Um, it's awesome and amazing, and you should totally check it out. So, um, but I was teaching this pastoral ministries class, and we were specifically talking about the topic of funerals and memorial services, and. Almost like the word that God gave me, because I told the kid, the kids, yeah, I told the young adults that are in college, uh, they're they, kids, they're let's kids. Be, let's be yeah, <laughs> uh, I told them that when I when I came on staff at the church, I thought I was going to hate funerals and memorial services and all of that, um, and I wouldn't say that I love it. Yeah. Please understand me. <laughs> um, but I, but I don't hate it. Yeah. And the reason that the best way I can describe it is, is those moments are moments where heaven comes really close to earth. Yeah, they're super hard, but there's so much beauty in, in being able to give somebody that healing moment and, and a beautiful send off. So yeah. Yeah, it, it's a moments where we are more aware of, mm-hmm. more willing to talk about eternity, right? Because totally. Because it's moments like that where the frailty of life slams us in the face. Uh, It just, it hits us hard and we have to deal with it. We have to process it. And so, um, so it's moments like those that God brings life Mm -hmm. out of death. That moments where we are observing grief, to kind of borrow a little bit of a C.S. Lewis kind of phrase there is we observe grief and we process death that it's in that process god brings life out of something that is only death and um so that's man that's my heart today that as we talk about grief and loss and pain and death that god would bring life out of that place so we're just going to kind of dig in and i guess to give you the listener some parameters of kind of who we're talking to. Uh, My heart is that we would be able to talk to you, the just the average Joe and Jolene, I don't know, uh, (laughs) a church goer, you know, just the the average congregation member. Um, We'd also, uh, and I guess within that, we would divide even those people into two categories, the person that is walking through loss and grief 
and also the friends that find themselves around someone that is processing and going through grief and loss. Then the third category would be the leader, always wanting to try to better equip leaders in the local church. Um, and that would be leader like dream team, team leader, coach, uh, ministry leader. Small group leader. The, yeah, small group leader. Those would all be like our specific terms for the way we structure church. So if you're in another church and your leadership positions have, you know, slightly different names or whatever, we're speaking to you that you would know how to effectively minister and care for those uh, in your, you know, in your area of, of influence and responsibility. So, so Kayla, you want to you want to give us a little bit of personal um, background, just of where you're coming from, and and why would I pull you in on this episode? You're still wondering why, no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what am I doing here now? Um, so, a lot of people don't know this. Um, who know me, but uh, about almost three years ago, my father passed away after a uh, less than one year battle with cancer. And then, so that was kind of the the biggest loss in my life up until this point. And um, it was just a really big storm that I had to walk through that. There were avenues of it that I was expecting because I'd had other grief in my life with lost, you know, grandparents and classmates and things. But then there's something different when it's such a close relationship and and you know it's it's a it's a different type of loss and the different you know having to not having to but walking through it with my mother and worrying about her and she's worrying about me and then actually dealing with like the day-to-day um kind of like just the silly worldly things like paperwork and making decisions and do we keep this or sell this and where do we, you know, what do we do with this? What do we do with that? You know, all those things can kind of come in and compound the fact that you just are missing somebody and that you're just loving somebody. And so there's a lot to walk through. Um, And I just, I feel like I learned a lot. I feel like God revealed a lot to me in that season. And it's really become something I'm kind of passionate about is like trying to make sure that people can walk through grief in as healthy a way as possible and that people know how to reach out and how to minister to people when they're in grief because we don't like and that's just that's just culture and human nature when something's uncomfortable we don't want to be around it and i don't you know like i don't want to be around it it stinks but um but we have to we have to step up and we have to to you know kind of help pull people through that process so they don't get stuck in a really bad spot so. You pretty much hit the nail on the head as far as why why did I invite you to come and be a part of this of this episode for this topic and it's because I mean I've been able to be kind of alongside you for a lot of this journey and what I've seen in you is um, somebody that has suffered um, deeply and really you know like vulnerable like you've been vulnerable about what you've gone through. Um, Maybe not always awesome at doing it in the midst of it, which is just real, right? Yeah, totally. And and yet you've come come through it to a place where obviously the pain is still there. Like pain never goes away. It just never goes away. You just, to some extent, you feel it different. You, you know, you're able, you're able to deal with it, not deal with it, but you're able to live with it better. You're able to function with it better, I would say. And I've so appreciated just your your honesty and your just 
willingness to talk about hard stuff um, because I think it's so helpful. Because you hit it on the head. Like, our culture, American culture, Western culture, man, uh, you know, I this is kind of a hard thing to say, but, like, I always say when people get old, we, we put them in facilities, you know, you know, and, and a lot of times it's for good reasons, like they need extra care and, and stuff like that. There are, there are cultures where that just doesn't happen. Right. Your relatives are with you in your home, mm-hmm. you know, through whatever they're going through to the end. And what happens in that instance is actually less separation between life and death and actually less weirdness around death because people are able to like they're forced really they're forced to process it Um, and whereas our culture to some extent man we might have a service and whatever and then and then nobody talks about it yeah nobody says anything and they're just uh basically it's like the expectation that you just go on living your life Mm -hmm. the way you always lived your life and okay we we had a service and we cried a little Mm -hmm. and now we're done right i mean now let's just keep on going yeah i mean think about it like the average bereavement time at a a company is like three days like like three to five days and and then you're expected to go back to work and smile and have great customer service and all the you know just be at the same production level but the reality is that it, it it can take weeks before you even want to get out of bed, let alone really fully be 100% functional. And yeah. so, yeah, like our culture just definitely has a, a very skewed way of viewing death and life and grief, I think. So So for today's episode, I, the time always goes so much faster than I want it to. So for today's episode, let's try to hit on two topics and then we'll see... We'll see if we can wrap it up today, or maybe we need to invite you back for another episode. But I'd like to talk about two things just from your personal perspective, and we can kind of springboard off of that in whatever ways kind of seem fitting. So the first would be in your journey and in relation to your church family, what are some ways that your church family and friends just hit it out of the park? Like, Man, like, boy, I'm so thankful for these couple of things. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, definitely before my father died, when we knew he was very sick and passing away, I felt so much support from people. Um, I was serving in a couple positions, and I was not always as present as I would have liked to be, but I never felt like that was a problem. I never felt like I um, was letting people down. It was always like, we'll figure it out you need to go where you need to be and you know we're praying for him we love you and so um i always just felt super super supported in the process like up until he passed away and then after he passed away <clears throat> people were really great i was um i'm from southern oregon so i was down there for the week that after he passed away and then i came back up <clears throat> and uh people were that first sunday people came up to me they checked in on me <clears throat> excuse me i need to get some water <laughs> And um, it was really, really great. And and then, like in the in the years since then, people have been really compassionate to me around big events. So, like um, Father's Day this year um, was a hard day for obvious reasons. Um, I still really struggle with that day. And um, I was working the cafe that day, and just was like, I just want to put on a smile and do my shift, and then I want to go home. And and somebody who works at the church, um, can we say names? Sure. Okay, so Rich Rich Miller, actually, he stopped by and he was like, hey, just want to check in on you. 
And then he actually said, and it was so touching to me because he said it so well, but he basically was just like, I know we're not your father, but there's a lot of fathers here who love you. So and it, it was like so touching because I didn't feel lessened. I didn't feel like my father was being erased. I didn't feel like he was being replaced, but I still felt loved and I felt seen and I felt heard. And so just like little moments like that, when mm. people just reach out real quickly, just to be like, I'm not forgetting about you, even though everybody else around you is smiling and celebrating. Mm-hmm. I still see you and I still see your pain. So in the midst of grief or in the midst of even just processing dad being sick and mm-hmm. just all of that journey, people gave you space and they also gave you kind of room to not perform at peak performance level, yeah. right? And yeah. and cover for you mm-hmm. and you know what, it's all good. You got to go, you got to go. And not only like, oh, I guess if you got to, but highly, highly supportive, of course go. Like, yeah. Don't even think a second thought, Kayla, what are you still doing here? <laughs> Pretty much. Get out of here. Like, go do what you need to do. And and so that's awesome to hear. So giving you space, covering for you, um, loving you, blessing you, good. And then I love the next piece is, and I think the, the lesson out of it is knowing the people on your team, knowing the people that are around you, like your friends or the people on your team, you know, depending on which person we're talking to, mm-hmm. friend or leader, sometimes it's both, is having it on your radar because that's probably the hardest part right is after we always say like after the memorial service or funeral yeah everybody else's life kind of goes back to normal but your life is new normal like it's never gonna it's never gonna go back to normal and so the challenge is for all the other people whose lives went back to quote unquote normal to remember to remember your new normal mm-hmm. and to be able to, like you said, see it, acknowledge it, feel with you, feel for you, and just care about you in that moment. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Rich Miller is such, he's such a pastor. He's so great, yeah. He is such a, such a great awesome. man of God. Mm-hmm. So big shout out to Rich Miller. Um, if you want to send, no, I, I won't give you his email address. <laughs> um, but. Uh, so those are really great points and um, I think important things to remember. It, sometimes it's the simplest things mm-hmm. that make our church family so valuable. Um, now talk to me for a moment, maybe the harder, this is the harder part of the discussion for me to have, um, is where where did the church family miss it? And the only reason I'm even willing to have this conversation is because, um, well, because I, I hate acknowledging that we miss stuff uh, because whatever. I've invested a lot of my life into this place. And so I take things very personally. However, what I recognize is our church is far from perfect and we have a lot to learn. And so if we can learn from your experience and, you know, from the experience of other people of ways that we miss the mark, we can serve other people even better going forward into the future and love and care for people better. So where, where did we miss it? Well, yeah, so I just want to say that I love Mana House <laughs> and I love our pastors and stuff. So I don't I like I just want to say that I, I, totally. I don't like I don't like critiquing either. Um, but I would say at least in my circumstance and everybody's different. I think that's really important to remember is that everybody has to walk through grief their own way to a certain extent and everybody experiences it very differently. And I can only speak to mine. But for me, um, you know, I came back. And that first Sunday, um, 
someone gave me a really beautiful devotional that I really love. Um, and it's really helpful for me. It's really healing, and I, I'm still reading it like I read it this morning. Do you know the name of that devotional <clears throat> off the top of your head? Uh, gr- I think it's called Grieving the Loss of Someone You Love. It's like a little pocket-sized devotional, but it's just so powerful, and it talks about like both grieving in the moment, grieving later on in life, or down the road, and different different. And it just like it puts names to some of the things you're feeling, um, and and that was great. And then, kind of like what you said, life goes back to normal for them. And so I, I definitely wish that maybe a few people might have like reached out in the weeks and months directly after my father's death, just to be like hey, why don't we get lunch? Why don't we get a cup of coffee? I just want to check in with you and see like if there's anything you need, if there's anything you want to talk about. Because there were times where it's like I wanted to yell and scream because I was in so much pain. And there were other times that I just wanted somebody to sit and let me talk about my dad and talk about what an amazing man he was and talk about all the beautiful things about him that I miss. And, um, and I didn't really have an outlet for that just to mm-hmm. either be angry or just to to remember him and love him because and and I love you know and I I don't really have very much family up here I have Mm -hmm. one aunt in Vancouver and my mom's six hours away in southern Oregon so I felt very very alone for a long time and um there were a few times like way long after my dad died that uh Chris Walters in particular you know we were having dinner one night and she just flat out said like how are you grieving but it just it would have been nice maybe to have a few more people just kind of reach out and be like, I just want to walk through this with you and just make sure that you're, you know, moving forward and you're doing okay and and there's you're not stuck in a in a particular place or a particular stage of grief. So that's <clears throat> that's such a great um, observation um, because again, it kind of reflects. I, I would say, I'm like this is why this is why we're having this conversation today. Yeah. Because our church, and I think a lot of churches, we just, in this arena, we reflect culture more than we are counterculture. And I, and I want to be, I want to be counterculture in the sense that we're, we're a place that's so loving, so connected, so in touch with what people are going through. Um, you know, recently we did a little research and like about 40% of our church population is single and, and single single people in our congregation are more uh, more prone or more just have greater opportunity to kind of isolation mm-hmm. and loneliness, specifically in times of grief. And so just thinking about um, you being a, a young single woman with not much family around, mm-hmm. like that's like the double whammy right there. You don't have any family in your home and you don't have any family local. So really the body of Christ needs to step up and be that family. Um, but because we live in a culture that's not super, not super community family, you know, like we're, we're independent and busy, 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 and everybody's going 27 directions at once. And, and then we wonder why sometimes we feel lonely and empty, you know? And so, um, so did you experience any times, uh, where people just said real awkward things that maybe and I'm we're gonna say that everybody had the best of intentions okay like we're just gonna assume we're just gonna assume that so nobody was out to hurt you no 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 never but I mean um can you think of one or two things that people said that probably was more harmful than helpful um I don't know if I can think of any like specific incidents but definitely Mm -hmm. some things that are are more difficult 
to kind of know how to respond to are just generic questions. So saying like, well, how are you doing in the middle of the crowded church lobby? Because <laughs> like my first response is, well, you don't really want to know how I'm doing. You're just trying to be polite because right. you know this just happened to me, which I appreciate that. I appreciate that you remember that and that you thought of me, but I'm not going to feel super comfortable being like, well, I haven't cleaned my house in a week because I've been crying on the couch in the middle of, you know, the back of the church auditorium while Pastor Dylan's speaking or something, you know? So um, just kind of like getting past the, the politeness and getting more into the nitty gritty, I think is really important. And being like, hey, I see you. I really want to know how you're doing. Maybe we can get coffee this week. Maybe, you know, in between services we can go over and sit down. But just opening up that connection to more intimacy mm-hmm. I think is so important because, I mean, even if it's not with grief, how often do we just walk through the oh, how are you doing? And everybody answers, oh, I'm fine, thanks. It's a very polite Absolutely. question. Um, and so it doesn't, at least for me, it, does, it never made me feel safe enough to really be honest mm-hmm. when you just go, Oh yeah, how's that been for you? You know, so. That's uh, man, that's real. That's super real. And I, you know, from the other side, I know that people. Um, I think sometimes people are just are not paying enough attention to even know that there is something going on. Yeah. And so they don't even realize kind of how that question's landing. Other times. Um, people are actually uh, insecure or worried or fearful that I actually don't know that I have the time Mm -hmm. to give you. And so I'm going to kind of play off this normal banter to, to look like I care because I really do care, Yeah. but I don't know what I'm opening up here and how long this is, how long this is going to take. And if I have time for that. Um, And so I love what you said about creating those opportunities to get together later. Like, Hey, you know, let's, I'd love to hear how you're doing. Can we grab coffee sometime where the person can actually kind of schedule it in? Because Mm -hmm. it is the reality of our culture that we are busy, busy and schedule, schedule, schedule. And we can't completely like do away with that because it is a little bit of just what we live in the middle of. But finding ways to really work at caring for people in a meaningful way in the midst of that. And so. And if I can, sometimes it also means like, kind of reading the signals and if you notice somebody around you that just seems to be struggling kind of I mean you know your your people better so everybody has to be handled with different you know different techniques but maybe just pulling them aside and being like even in in your own head when you're going I pick up my kids from Sunday service or I got to go do this or we were meeting somebody right after church just being like I can see that you're so you're struggling do you want to maybe go go somewhere and talk for a minute and just kind of putting away other things because right now someone might need you you know, and yeah. that's really hard to do because there is that little bit of like, what am I going to do if they start crying? I don't know if I can handle that. But, pe- you know, people need that connection. And and especially in that moment when they're having an, a really intense feeling, being able to just work through it right then rather than trying to put it away and unpack it later, I think is really valuable. So good. Awesome. Well, so that's that's a lot of stuff. We talked about some wins that people people were caring and mm-hmm. gave you space, checking in with you, um, that kind of stuff. On the other side, also maybe a lack of the lack of. So I love your positive outlook. You know, <laughs> you notice the times people did, um, but just recognizing the reality of the culture that we live in. People tend to be rush, rush, busy, busy. Life back to normal when it's not normal for the person walking through pain, yeah. loss, and grief and 
And also, as you started out at the beginning saying so well, grief is so different for everyone. And that's really one of the biggest challenges of it is we can't just give you three easy steps. Mm -hmm. It's really time. It, it, you have to take time to know someone and just to walk with them through the yuck. And sometimes the walking is really just sitting. Yeah. Right? Because mm -hmm. no words. Kayla, I, I'm so sorry, but today I cannot give you any words to make to make the loss of your dad any better, right? Right. But, but what I can do is be your friend and I can be with you and let you know that I care about you. And there's something significant about that. So significant, just not being alone. And sometimes we're so, we're like Job's friends. We like, sometimes we sit for a little bit and then they're like, now I have to say something <laughs> to make everything okay. And, and most of the time we end up saying dumb things at that point. With a good heart. With a good heart, but yeah. So Kayla, again, thank you so much for- yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Being willing to just kind of be vulnerable, share your heart with us. And um, just, it's obvious your dad uh, was a great man because he raised a great girl um, that's doing a lot of good. And so we appreciate you. And I uh, just want to give a little honor to your dad in the process, right? So um, thank you guys for being part of our listening audience today. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, you can reach me at rickm at manahouse.church. Love to hear your thoughts and feedback and even ideas for future episodes. Um, I think we're probably going to invite Kayla back for another round just to kind of finish off this topic because it's a big one and I think such a crucial one. So I hope you'll uh, dial in again later as we talk more about this critical topic. Um, God bless you guys today. And let's just really be thinking about how we can really keep our eyes open to those around us for the journey that they're on, for maybe the pain that they're in the middle of and processing and how we can be the hands and the feet of Jesus to people in the midst of hurting situations. So God bless you guys and have the most amazing day.